Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of uh, The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy podcast. And uh, I'm Christopher, and with me tonight I have uh, Jimmy. Hello. And Nicholas. Hello. And today we're going to talk a bit about uh, army list and list building in uh, Warhammer 6th edition. This is a follow-up from the last episode, so if you've listened to that one, you probably should be interested in how to build a list. It's not complicated. I'm going to go through it and talk a bit about it. So I'm going to start off with Jimmy. What's your hobby progress? Yes, uh, I've been working a bit more on my Witch Hunters, uh, so to speak, and uh, they're 50% done, so I haven't been doing anything else than painting those guys. Well, still, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm going to do my progress, because I've been working on my Rat Ogre that's been previewed on Instagram, and I'm currently working on the base. For some reason, that's the most fun part for me. <laughs> yeah, you always do very elaborate bases. For your yeah. Miniatures. Yeah, and then I semi paint the mini on top of them, so the base looks ace and the mini is okay-ish. <laughs> and then painting it up so it looks like marble, the white regular stone marble, and uh, there's going to be some corruption going through it, like. There's been some warpstone infection in it, like it's been corrupted. So let's hope it works out. Sounds amazing. Nice. Nicholas, how about uh, the progress of your horses then? Yeah, I've been painting lots. Uh, straight after the last episode, I finished my crosshairs. Posted some pictures on Instagram so you can see that. And then <clears throat> uh, I'm aiming to finish my thousand point list for my kiss love which I went through in episode 4.5. Um, and yeah, so I've been working on that. So I painted uh, 16 horses in one go. Because uh, you might as well. Just painting eight is a bit, of a bit waste of waste of time. Because like, it's not that hard painting horses. So I decided to paint 16 of them. Uh and now I just finished painting eight of the riders as well. So I'm done with one unit of winged lancers, which I will be posting on our Instagram as well. It will probably be out when we release this episode. Definitely. And they, well, they look really good because you've gone for a kind of different color scheme to your Griffin Legion, but uh, they still will still match, I th- think. Yeah, uh, so I wanted to uh, just make them stand out from the Griffin Legion because the Griffin Legion is very red. I was kind of thinking of making these guys with red as well, but I think that it would, they would look too similar. So I wanted to make them stand out from them in the battlefield. And also I wanted to incorporate some blue because blue is like one of the main colors of Kislev originally. Uh, so I went more with blue like on the banner and the shields. And turn out like it made him very blue, but but I think it still works good. And then their clothes are still red though, just to tie them in with the red of the rest of the army. 
Uh, and like on the armor parts, I just went for more metal than color because the Griffin Legion have like some of the armor panels are red, but I wanted to just go with a metal on these guys to just make them look uh, more like traditional medieval knights. And I think it worked out well. They sure will look great on the battlefield, if nothing else. And that's all that matters, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, those wings are awesome. It's going to be great to see them all lined up. Yeah, and these are the ones you're bringing to the event in London next year, right? Yeah, definitely. Bringing my kiss up. So that's going to be 1,500 points. I'm going to have to finish basically all of my stuff by then. Yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, that event, uh, so there were some guys on the reserve list, but now they extended, the, the, the organizer went to the, the place where it's going to be and they figure out a way to fit some more tables. So now they extended it so that the guys that were on the waiting lists can also play. So now uh, it's currently 24 out of 24 players. That's awesome. Where can people go if they want to go on the waiting list or just check out the event? Uh, the event is called Bringing Back Sixth Edition. Bringing Back Sixth Edition Warmer Fantasy, even maybe. I don't know. It should be posted on uh, the Warmer Fantasy Battles page or maybe Warmer Sixth Edition Fantasy Battle. Uh, or, or if they're interested and you're listening to this, then just uh, write us a message if you can't find it and I'll send you a link. That sounds good. Well, maybe we can even work in a link somewhere on, along the way if there's more slots opening up or anything. Yeah, or just get on the waiting list. I mean, people always drop out from events. I've been I've hosted events for 30k and there's always a last minute drop out. And then especially now it's pretty far away, so things can change in the meantime. So like if you're interested and you hear that yeah it's full, I'm not gonna get in. Just sign up and I bet you will get in. I think he even said that there's like an extra room as well if there's like demand for it. Yeah, and that's probably the most important thing here. If there's demand, there probably will be makes ways to make it work in the end. Yeah, I'm super excited about this event though. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we need an event like that in Sweden as well, I think. Yeah, I've been talking about that. We should try and get something together. Like we can do yeah. it super small because if it's if it's just us going somewhere and playing then like that's good enough for me and if people want to join us then all the better indeed or if the, the if the interest there why not make an event so we'll see that we can always have both i think yeah so there are actually some uh, news this week because this will be up before the weekend, if we can get all of it recorded. And uh, it starts off with uh, a few uh, made-to-order items. And any one of you want to run through the list, or should I? I think you have it in front of you, so you can go ahead. First up, there's uh, two classic heroes of the Beastmen, Kasrak One-Eye and Morgur. What do you guys think of these minis? Morgur is one of my most favorite Beastman miniatures. I love that model. Is he the guy that's kind of 
springing out of the ground. Yeah. And create, the... creating chaos everywhere. <laughs> it's like leaning forward, like a... Mike yeah, like Jackson like is like is lunging forward. <laughs> I think his uh, I think his whole special rules were was that he 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 could make people chaos bombs. I think he had some <laughs> spells or special rules. Isn't he the one in the fluff that turns people into beastmen as well? Yeah, but that yeah. not a good kind of beastman, just beastman. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are a half cow now, but not like a, in a good way. <laughs> now you're half a fish. On the wrong end, so you're a land mermaid. <laughs> awesome. Or just a, a pair of legs with a guppy head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then the other one is also a really nice classic model with a nice little whippy thing on the top. Yeah, isn't he like the nemesis of the uh, of Boris Toddbringer, I think? Uh, the uh, electric count of Midland Land. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. But I think I think they took each other's eyes, as both of them have eye patches. Hmm. Eye for an eye, so to say. Yeah, <laughs> that sure makes sense. <laughs> and then we have a. Uh... Like something that I found very cool, Trog, the Troll King. I've been looking into him earlier, and I think I might get him, uh, just in case I ever wanted to do a full Troll army for Eighth Edition. Yeah, and using him for not well, not just a Troll army. Him leading a monster army of any kind in Chaos is amazing. And I love oh, that yeah. it has a little crown on one of his tusks. He truly is the <laughs> troll king. He's really ugly in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. He's got have... like a mouth on his ribs or something. Yeah, and his crazy. thighs. Yeah. Because that makes sense. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. He he does have nipples though. Not many models have nipples. Unless they're blood angels. True, true. Yeah. Speaking then we of have... which, then we got Galrog, the Chaos Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I also love this model. Uh, I, I have fond Classic. memories of it, but it doesn't stick well together, uh, the old pewter model. It, it just really had to be pinned. It's a bitch to build this. God, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's, glad I sold mine. If I, it's if, one if of those models that. that, one of these models that would actually really benefit from a pin going through the entire model. Yeah, just to make it to stick, stick together. I think this will be in fine cast, so it's gonna stick together. And you won't notice if the detail is missing or not because it's chaos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The final one. Close to, I guess, both of your your, your guys' heart. Uh, I'm oh, so, yeah. I'm really tempted by this one. Do you? Do you have him, Jimmy? I don't. I don't. Oh, I, I really love that he's just riding a giant rat. <laughs> yeah. This is the Plague Lord Nurglich himself, the founder of the Clan Pestilence. A rat with a really, really lovely soul patch. So he must be like 
very like going back pretty far in the fluff right yeah i i think they made him for the lustre campaign yeah that makes sense because like the the yeah the one was that like in the the imperial calendar so we're like 2500 something the current date i i i can't remember when it was but i do remember when they released him they did mention it was a historical character so to say yeah Fits well after they released the the skink skink guys who were also fighting in that war. Mm. Yeah, and that's also when they around the same time they released the zombie pirates. It was also quite mm. cool. Yeah, it's awesome that they're bringing out these old models. Yeah, I can't I wait to see more. Yeah, I haven't got any yet though. Gotta something, get something tells me there's a market for them. Still, yeah, those oh, yeah. are gorgeous models. Some people go, Oh, I never got that one the first time it was available. I'm not this one, but right now, yeah, like with dragons and stuff, you know. Yeah, did you get any? The official, rep- official answer is still maybe because I can't really say anything in yeah. case someone's listening. <laughs> if you say yes, that means that you're gonna paint it up, and then we're gonna be on your ass about painting. It, well, that, that means that you just have to face three dragons. I'm up for it. Fleeing goblins everywhere in sixth edition. Oh, yeah, but it would be lovely. They have one that breathes fire, one that breathes toxic smoke, and one that breathes, breathes acid. So that's perfect. Yeah, it's awesome news from the community page. I think it's uh, this Saturday, so it should be the 6th. All right, awesome. Since this post went up on the 30th of September. And uh, some other nice things to show. Uh, it's it, it's not related to Warhammer Fantasy. This is uh, the Age of Sigmar Warhammer Underworlds. But oh. there is an amazing Night Goblin Warband. Well, excuse me, Moon Clan Grot Warband. Night so, Goblin Warband. Night Goblin Warband. Night Goblin Warband. Yeah. Night Goblin Warband. And uh, I'm gonna use the Shaman in this box for my Night Goblin army. I fell in love with this model instantly when I saw it. <laughs> Gosh, it's it's amazing. In a, he, he, he even have a, a, a fairy captured in his cage, which looks like Navi from The Legend of Zelda, Green yeah. of Time. So it's basically... Hey, using, hey, listen! So it's basically using a fairy light to light his way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I need it. I would and, probably uh, change the fairy thing into something else and use the fairy for a lantern in Mordheim or something. So he's going to yeah, hold a, a bucket of shrooms or something. Or a small snotling. We'll see what happens. Yeah, right? yeah we will see. And then Anything actually, is possible. Yeah, and they are also releasing a Sinchen warband where the models yeah. could probably be used if you just rebase them, if you want to use them for Warner Fantasy. Yeah. Square bases. Yeah. And paint them the, with uh, army. Yeah. The sorcerer would work excellent for well uh, a scene sorcerer or an exalted hero mm-hmm. he is not that far from the description of the shaman in Riders of the Dead so that's true except that he still got hands 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And there's uh, also, if anyone's interested, they're releasing some warhounds, but the wrong kind of hounds in the fantasy sense of matter. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, maybe we should uh, move on to the main topic tonight, and uh, that is uh, army lists in 6th uh, edition. And yeah. uh, should we just go through quickly what's uh, the easiest way to just make one? These days, uh, yeah, and just look in the rule book to see the rules for building an army, or it's, it's in every army book as well, right? Yeah, it's in the army, usually in the army creation yeah. section, what <laughs> army section there's uh, just all before the... all the entries. Yeah. So, in this edition, it's like unit based how many units you can take, but as usual in fantasy, it's always it scales up. So depending on how many points you're playing, you can take a different amounts of different units. I was like a bit confused by this in the beginning because I was moving from reading 8th edition rules. And in 8th edition, everything is uh, based on percentages. So it scales with every point. Uh, so you have mm-hmm. up to like 50% lords and heroes and at least 25% troops and up to 50% special. Uh, but in 6th edition, you have number of units depending on how many points you play. Yeah, and uh, given that most of the examples we have done currently and will be doing are on, on less than 2,000 points, that means that you have to have 2 plus core units, 0 to 3 special units, and 0 to 1 rare units for these limitations. And 0 to 3 heroes, and no lords. Yeah. Well, you have to take one hero. Oh, yeah. One, two, three heroes and no lords. So you can't take lords until you play 2,000 points or higher in 6th edition. Unless you play Border Prince campaign. Yeah. But in the, stand- in the standard rule set. <laughs> in the standard, yeah. yeah. Don't confuse people now. I will always <laughs> confuse people. This is how I win my games. I confuse the shit out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you like go to a 1500 point game and then, like, hey, Jimmy, are you bringing a lord? Like, yeah, but I thought you can't bring a lord. Yeah, well, you can't. Well, in, border prince. in in uh, my <laughs> Skaven book, it says I can cheat. So <laughs> I think it's actually hidden somewhere <laughs> that you, you're, you're, they want you to cheat <laughs> as long as your opponent can't notice it. It's in the it's it it's in the clinician section. You gotta be sneaky about it. I just thought it was all games. Because <laughs> uh, could you read uh, like above two thousand points and above? How many units you can have just to see how it scales? If you have uh, yep. If you have uh, two thousand points or more, it's three plus uh, O to four special and O to two rare, and then they're just basically adding one every time after that. And you could basically says each plus one thousand points is plus one minimum for core, and plus o to one plus o to one for special and rare respectively. Mm-hmm. And then you can start taking lords. So you can have one lord, and then you can still have three heroes. So maximum of you can have characters. four heroes in uh, in two thousand points. Yeah, and then yep. you can have six heroes in three thousand points yeah. and eight heroes and 
in yeah. for the points, but, but there's the Lord still Facilia plus one all of the time. But there's still a max total of characters, though. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah characters are not that important, I would say, in 6th edition. Uh, as they are in 5th edition, they're very yeah. important, because it's oh, Hero yes. Hammer. Yeah. And in, I think I would say that they're more important in eighth edition as well. Yeah, I'm, the battle uh, yeah. standard is more important than mages yeah. are more important. Yeah, and uh, most heroes can also be like killing machines in eighth edition. There's so many good magic items and so many good hero choices and lore choices. Yeah, mm -hmm. you should also be mindful that there are if you just want to bring a like a thousand point list and uh, you're going to bring one hero. Make sure that hero can actually be the army general. Yeah, because not all characters can because there's limitations over that as well. Also, some special or rare unit entries have a O to one limit as well. It's not uh, just take whatever you want just because you have the slots. And some entries like uh, black orc heroes take up extra slots. Yeah, yeah. that's also tr true if you put a hero on. Chariot or dragon, yeah. The chariots usually takes up the special slot, whatever slot that the chariot is yeah. in, and uh, a dragon takes up a lord. A, a lord on a dragon takes up the lord plus an extra hero slot for the dragon. Yeah, some characters take up extra slots as well. Just like name characters just take up extra slots because they're so powerful. They're just so badass. Yeah, yeah. The core takes up like a lord and a hero. Yeah, and that's a good thing because that makes them at least easier to balance in the way that you can't just take a badass general and then just add a load of sorcerers as well. Yeah. All right, so should we start going through our list that we are prepared? Yes. Um, I think we're going to start with the list I made. I uh, read out my list in the, our 4.5 episode, but I've been tasked to make another list because we, uh, uh, we well, got we should a probably have mentioned that we, that we got a listen email from a passionate, passionate fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Or a yeah. paid co-host of another podcast. I'm not sure that it is in this case. <laughs> yeah, so Morten, uh, the guy that I am making my 30K podcast with, uh, that we said happy birthday to last episode, wrote us in. I will read it out here. Yeah, please do. Hail to you, glorious guardians of ye olden world. Long-time listener, first-time writer in Morton here. Thank you for the congratulations on my birthday. I am, however, getting concerned that there is a secret conspiracy to try me, try to get me into fantasy and not only play 30k. Tell you right now, Morton, it's not a secret conspiracy. It's just, it's just a plain yeah, it's it's casual it's conspiracy. <laughs> Anyway, I have told Niklas of my ideas of having a small band of mercenaries, but I know nothing about how to play fantasy. On the last show, you talked about me basing an army around the dogs of war. What does that mean? Is it a separate list? A mini list like Kislev? A way of taking allies or, say, the Empire? I am very confused and would be happy to hear you guys explaining it to a simple peasant. Keep up the good work and try to avoid the beastmen on your way to work. I have to had to take a detour yesterday because of some minotaurs who were howling their mating calls and I am not ready for that kind of commitment. Cheers, Morton. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> yep. So thank you very much for writing in. Yeah. As Nico said, he's been working on a little list just to, well, possibly just to lure Morton in or possibly to demonstrate how to write a list for Dogs of War. Yeah. So we can start by talking a bit about Dogs of War. This is a, it's a very unique book uh, in the setting. Uh, it, yes, it was like a half army, kind of like uh, Kislev. I guess you could kind of say it's like not one of the big factions. You have all the big factions and you kind of have these two. Like you, have, you have Kislev, which is like an allied book. Good races. And then you have Dogs of War, which is also a bit special because you can include Lords of War into, or Dogs of War into like every other army except for Britonia because they're too chivalrous for that kind of thing. Yeah, they're too stuck up in the ways. Uh, but they do have their own book and 6th edition was the last edition where they had their own book. Just like Kislev. Yeah, they also <clears throat> removed the entire Lords of War regiments of Renown for the next edition of the game. So Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in other armies you can take a Dogs of War unit as a rare choice. Uh, but you can also just build an entire Dogs of War army. So, First of all, Dogs of War, they're not a country or a faction as such in the old world. They're just mercenaries from everywhere. And most of them are human. Uh, and most of them are from Istalia and Tilia. And those are like Spain and Italy of the old world. And there's lots of mercenaries there. But that doesn't mean all of them are from there. Just that's where a lot of mercenaries hang out. It's uh, there, and there are some, just to give a bit of background, there's some pirate ports, and there's a whole lot of them in the border princess because no one really controls that area, so mercenaries are just doing the best business they can, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it's also a great way to to make a, well, a Marienburg army, too, as they are mercenaries. Yeah. Big coin coins. Yeah. I mean, there are mercenaries everywhere. And yeah. I, I mean, the Empire book in 6th edition as well, they have like the mil gold militia box. It says that, oh yeah, these can be used guys running up from the, the city or they're mercenaries. And it even said like the crossbow arm guys are most often Tilians because they don't really have their own crossbow guys. Uh, so they can be anywhere. I mean, people always want to fight for money uh, both in like medieval times and forward and also in fantasy. So it's just guys hungry for money, they want to fight. So they can be from anywhere. Uh, and this book, it's kind of divided into two sections. So first you have like a, a regular army list of just generic mercenaries. So you have your heroes and your uh, core and your special, and then they can be kind of whatever. And then you also have the other book, the side of the book, which is Regiments of Renown which is like the classic Dogs of War. And you can kind of say that they're named characters uh, with a unit that can be taken either in a Dogs of War army or just for any other army. Could put an example here, and that's are the Mengel Manhides, Man Flayers that I've been working on, because they are a regiment of renown that favors working for the Dark Elves. Yeah. 
some other famous ones are the the Birdman of uh, what are they called? Miraglio, something like that. Miragliano, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, Bearman of what's his face? Uh, Bear Bearstruck. Yeah. Uh, the, the Galloper gun that I was looking at. So, yeah. so I and, now. And mm-hmm. let's not forget the most iconic Slayer Pirates. Long drawn yeah. Slayer Pirates. They're so amazing. They got pistols, got them everywhere, hiding in their pants, in their beards. <laughs> Literally. Cool. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the rule. Yeah. They have pistols, lots and lots of pistols. That's in yeah. the rules. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, speaking of dwarves, there's a little slayer character unit as well in there and that is uh, malachi mckayson's goblin hewer yeah. oh yeah i forgot it was a dogs of war unit yeah for, that, yeah for dwarves yeah. yeah it was released but, after the book so they yeah. included that it's the same with the, the griffin legion for kislev yeah it's so, also yeah. a dogs of war unit yeah and it's in the storm of chaos book that it's uh, both for uh, dwarves and for the Slayer cult list, which is right, quite nice. Yeah. Uh, so you have great, just like named regiments in there that you can take for your army. But back to the standard list. So you have like a standard list, which is just generic humans, kind of mercenaries uh, that you can build anywhere. Uh, I think like Morgan was talking about, because he's been getting most of his information from uh, Total War where they've kind of made border princes into a faction, which is kind of a simplifying it a bit. Yeah, there's more than one factions in the border princes, but oh, yeah. yeah, it would be really hard to make that into a total war yeah. faction. In the total war, it's basically just a modified empire list as well. Yeah. So I think the Dogs of War book and the list that you are going to present is more interesting than the list in total war. Yeah, it's a bit more different. They have lots of cool choices that the Empire don't have. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I don't know if he would be interested in just making a random like Border Prince guy who's fighting for his kingdom or whatever. You can make up pretty much any sort for this. I can say right now that there is a Slaneshi cult based in the Border Prince if he's interested in that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I recommended him reading Brunner, which is, yeah. I think, great there's for also, getting some inspiration for it. <laughs> there is also a really, really strict and professional Sigmar army in the Border Princess, which could possibly be a bit Romanesque in its uh, layout. Hmm? I'm not trying to link this to certain armies he's playing in other games, <laughs> I promise. Right. So, Rules for the Dogs of War. They have some special rules that uh, make them unique from the Empire. Uh, they have a general, as usual, but then they also always have a paymaster. And the paymaster is the guy carrying the key to the safe with, with all the money that's going to pay all the soldiers. So they want to keep them alive. So he counts as a battle standard. And they don't have a, they can't take a battle standard because kind of unregimented so this is like the army's battle standard and they always have to take him uh, so he's like a an extra character for your army and then they can take a bunch of different stuff they can take uh, 
wizard hirelings, captains. They can have different kind of mounts, flying mounts as well. And in the core, they have like pikemen, crossbowmen, duelists, which are just... scum. Yeah, pretty much. Just guys that they rounded up at some bar. Like, hey, do you want to fight for money? Yeah, sure. Yeah, give me a, give me something and I will fight. <laughs> yeah, I got a rock and a little knife. I can fight. No problem. I can break my bottle and stab people in the tummy. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good, yeah. though. They have weapons yeah, they four are. and initiative four. And can take yeah. a lot of good weapons. Well, they, uh, have, they have to have be good. Pistols and throwing knives. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Then they have a heavy cavalry, kind of very modular, light cavalry, also modular. And then in special, they have ogres, which is awesome, which cause fear, which is great. Uh, and then they have uh, the paymaster's bodyguard, which is like the elite infantry of the army. Yeah. Uh, Guys with halberds. Yeah. yeah. And they can take Norsens, like Viking bodyguard, like the Varangian guard or something. Which is pretty cool, uh, and they can also take uh, dwarves. Yeah, with crossbows or axes or whatever they want, uh, and they can also take halflings, which is pretty cool. If you have some old halfling models, that's nice. Or if you get them some from somewhere, and in rare they have uh, cannons and halfling hot pots, just like the slingshot that shoots food. Yes, yeah, it shoots soup. <laughs> it's it's like a, a stone thrower. That shoots soup. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, scalding soup would probably be quite horrible to get. Yeah, yeah. but it's a waste of food. Strength three, no armor yeah. save allowed. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But on the other hand, the food the halflings eat are really palatable by humans anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to say as well that the cannon is the smaller cannon because there are two different kinds of cannons. Yeah. Empire have the, the great cannon and these guys have the smaller cannon. They have the same ones that dwarves have. Yeah, still pretty good. Uh, Alright, so for the example army that I have made for Morton, uh, which is a thousand points, you have the Paymaster, of course, because you got to have the Paymaster. He's got a brace of pistols, which is two pistols, and he's also got light armor. So p- two pistols is really great, because you get to stand and shoot with them, always. Uh, so that's two strength four shots with arm piercing to anyone who's coming in, which uh, should kill someone, which is always great. Uh, and <clears throat> in close combat, if you have one pistol, you get an extra attack uh, in the, like access to your regular attacks, which is strength four armor piercing in close combat. So that's great. And if you have two pistols, then all of your attacks become strength four armor piercing. So this guy is strength four base anyway, but armor piercing is still really good. Uh, this is for the first round of combat. Uh, so I think he's got two attacks base, so that's three with two pistols. So that's really nice in close combat. And also he gets to stand and shoot, so he can really kill some stuff. Uh, other than that, the general will be a uh, level 2 wizard uh, so I was thinking it would just be fun with a wizard in your army because magic is really fun in 6th edition and this is going to be the general so this kind of sets the theme for the army you can choose any of the 8 lores in the regular book so depending on what lore you choose you can model them in 
whatever way and that's going to be like the background for your army because he's going to be the one who can hire this army to do his bidding so is he going to be a good wizard it's going to be a bad wizard is he like a, a laura heaven guy that saw these signs in the sky that he needs to go to this place and save the world or something and now he needs to use uh, get a mercenary army to get there or you see like a lower metal guy that just turned a bunch of lead into gold uh, and just pay this, this army to do whatever so you can really create like a nice background story with the wizard general <clears throat> and then on to core so you got two units of ten crossbowmen and I just got these guys because it's always nice to have some range firepower. Crossbows are really good. They're range 30, uh, strange 4. So you can really kill some stuff with these guys. Or you thin the ranks to deny people rank bonuses. Or you just try and get people to run from um, break tests. Just nice to have some ranged guys. And then for your like main core choices. You got three units of ten duelists, and I really like the duelists. Uh, there are no pikemen in this army because I think it's a bit of a too defensive unit, and you need a lot of them to make them work. And then they would just stand there and wait to be charged. So I just went with all duelists. Uh, so the first unit is going to have pistols, a champion, and a musician. Musician is always good, win ties in combat, and you can rally better. And a champion, I just wanted to have like the main unit of duelists to have a character so you can just make a cool model. And then they all have pistols because they're weapon skill four oh, and they're all skirmishers. So it's going to be really easy to maneuver them and get them charged where you want. Getting that first round of combat with strength four arm piercing guys with weapon skill four, you're going to make a lot of damage going in. Yeah, uh, They don't have any armor, so you don't want them left in close combat and they don't get any rank bonuses because they're sk skirmishers. But they're just going to like go in and hit hard in the first turn. That's their goal. And, and they have no banners because, yeah, they're, they're mercenaries. They're, they're not really a regiment. Uh, the other two units of duelists are just like armed with double hand weapons. Uh, at first, I was going to give them bucklers, which are shields, giving them a five up in close combat. But then I thought like a five up, probably gonna get ruined because someone has strength four or something so you start ah might as well just give them more attacks because their weapon skill four so you really want to use that because you're going to hit a lot of stuff on three up so you just want to get as many attacks in as possible uh, and then you got five heavy cavalry guys and i thought it would be just really good to have some heavy hitters in your army and some mobility to try and go in from the flanks or something. So these guys have barding and lances and shields and heavy armor. So they've got a two-up save. And they also have a musician used to rally if they flee and to win breaks, uh, ties in combat. Uh, and then on special, we got three three ogres. I thought it would be cool with some ogres because it's very special. Uh, the Empire guys can have it. They could in earlier editions, but now they can. And ogres are always described as like mercenaries in the, the old world. And you can see in the ogre range, there are some, the man-eaters, I think, that are yeah. former yeah. mercenaries. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they look really cool. And it looks like they've been out fighting. So it's a unit of three ogres, and I've armed them with great weapons. So they're strength six or seven. Strength uh, six. Yeah, so they can really crunch people. You yeah. go through any armor and you beat them up. Uh, and I was thinking like you could like if you're gonna go cheap, you can just go with the regular ogre models. But you could also just get three man eaters. And I suggested the three I thought it would be really cool to Morton already. Just the uh, the guy in empire clothes because you can just easily paint that like the rest of your army. Uh, and the pirate. Oh, uh, love that. Worked really well. And also the bearded lady. I would. <laughs> I would think you would say the Paymaster Ogre. Ah. There's a Paymaster Ogre, and this one, he, he's a rich fella. He yeah. looks like a Dogs of War guy. He looks like he doesn't need to be a Dog of War. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. But it's always uh, fun to have more money. If you have money, you can buy food. Yeah. And I suggested this to Morten, and he's like, oh, yeah, I always wanted that bearded lady ogre, so that's perfect. That's fine. <laughs> uh, and then the last unit is... Paymaster's bodyguard, 19 of them. And these guys are armed with light armor and halberds, and they have got a banner. So I think like, this is the only regiment in the army that's actually like a... They are a regiment, like a standard unit. So th- these guys will be walking around the, the Paymaster, and as long as he's alive, they're stubborn. Nice. Yeah, so they're going to be like the main block of the army. Then you have your two heavy hitters, the Ogres and the Heavy Cavalry, which are pretty small. They can hit hard. And then you used to have the 20 crossbowmen. They can just shoot down stuff, long range. 14 enemy come to you. Then you have the Wizard, depending on what he has. He can cast, cast some damage spells or boost your heavy hitters. And then you have the three units of Duelistic. They're really mobile. You can sneak them around anywhere. And they always move at the double. So you can just move them anywhere you want. And they're pretty good in close combat as well. So that's the the thousand point army. It should do on the battlefield. That's all I say. It would also look really cool. Uh, has have you or he thought of where to source the models for this? Uh, yeah, I su- suggested just getting some of the old Empire militia. They they're not on sale anymore, but you should definitely be able to get them online. Like whenever I think of something that's out of production. And I go like, oh, yeah, it's going to be hard sourcing them. But, I mean, I, I sourced an entire Kissel army. And yeah. they went out of production way before that. And even then, they were pretty rare. So, if there's a will, there's a way. You can always find it. Given that uh, you sourced the limited edition Dwarf Slayer on a demon head for me. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, possible to probably get everything these days anyway. Yeah, just uh, if there's join. a will, there's a way, like you said. And if your wallet is deep enough, you can always buy anything. Yeah, <laughs> just join uh, the old hammer trading page and just be on the lookout. And I'm gonna point it. him towards some of the Perry miniature range. There ought to be yeah. something there. Yeah, there should be, or Definitely. maybe the. Song of Ice and Fire models should be in the same scale as well, shouldn't they? They were quite recently released for general sale. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, just want to say with this Dogs of War army as well, it's very dangerous to look at this army list because saying that 
as I said earlier, you can pretty much do anything with this. And mm-hmm. that also means I can do anything with this army. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's, and so can I. Yeah, it's not like and, and all of us have at least eight dwarves going now, right? <laughs> I mean, I can I can feel dwarves in my Skaven army using those war. This is amazing, and I can and I can use halflings in my goblin army. Wow. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna do a small Dogs of War force for my Kislev. Just base them around some villagers in Kislev, and yeah. just you can come up with anything. As I'm also gonna have a wizard, and that's gonna be like a, an old hag, like a Baba Yaga. It's perfect. And then Mr. Russian, yeah. uh, Jimmy's converting up both the 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 hag for me, and also the paymaster from the old uh, Vostroyan range. Yeah, the Vostroyan commander. Yeah, it's gonna look yeah. awesome because because you were gonna do that for me for my kisser, but it's like yeah, I already have a boyar model, so it would just be like an extra boyar. But this is perfect. It would be yeah. perfect paymaster. And he's gonna look so rich. Yeah, <laughs> he, ha- he have all these awards and his armor is like amazingly fine, and his coat. Yeah. it's it it just says hello. I'm rich. Yeah, she's gonna be like the governor of some town. Yeah, and she's gonna have like the mob following. So he is actually the guy with the money, so to say. He is the one hiring everyone, <laughs> but the 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 hag is the frontal person. She she will be the one, well, like searing into the future. We we have to do this. We have to do that, and everyone listens to her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm probably also gonna use the militia range because it's just so versatile. Yeah. You get you just get so much many options with it. Yeah, and also some ogres. I will also use some ogres, but then I will use just the regular ogres because they look very, they look very like Cossacky from the beginning, like Mongols and yeah. Cossack. Yeah, they have like that strip of black hair from the top of their head and big mustaches. So perfect. I should just mention one other source that is currently in Kickstarter for models that would be perfect for a Dogs of War or an undead Dogs of War army currently. Because those are the main sets released, or in the Kickstarter, and that is uh, the Forgotten World fantasy figures for war games and roleplay by Fireforge Games Kickstarter. Yeah, and uh, they got sixteen days to go as time of recording, so it should be about fourteen days when this episode goes out. So yeah, they look great. Fireforge look great. Range yeah. look great. They're, they look awesome. Yeah, they have some medium armored infantry for humans and archers and some. Nice looking cavalry. Yeah. And the same for basically the same for the undeads. Plus a lot of cross pollination of the spruce where you could actually make whatever undead model you want, apparently. Not the other way around. And they have undead peasants, so why not? You can always, if anyone's interested in backing it, it's linked on our Facebook page, I think. Which will be at least, because I think at least more than one of us are actually interested in backing this. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the fact that it should arrive at earliest May next year would actually be a boon in this case, because <laughs> then we can yeah. work on some backlog. All right, that was the Darks of War. Go on to uh, Jimmy's list. I just have one more question for you, Nicholas. Oh, yeah. Have you thought of an easy way to expand this about 500 points, this list you've written? Uh, yeah, yeah. So 
I thought I'd do this uh, thousand point list because uh, first of all, thousand points works pretty well in sixth edition. I think you need more if you're gonna play eighth edition for sure. Uh, and also, thousand points is just nice if you're a beginner. So I didn't say like, yeah, buy three hundred models and it'll be set. Uh, but if you want to expand from this, and of course you can change this list around as much as you want. Uh, but if you want to expand, I would get like a cannon as a rare. Always nice to have a cannon. Uh, and then uh, you can always throw in uh, regiments of the realm if you find anything that looks really cool. Like, or if you find it on some trading page, you can throw in any of those. Uh, but if I want to like make this army better, uh, maybe expand the heavy cavalry unit. Maybe take another heavy cavalry. Maybe take some light cavalry. Uh, maybe I'm just biased towards cavalry. Uh, cavalry hammer. Other than that, I would take like another steady block, like the paymaster's bodyguard. Uh, it's like an infantry block, and that could be, definitely be a regiment of the renown, uh, or like uh, some pikemen. I'm gonna say pikemen. Twenty-five pikemen. It's all yeah. you need. Also, the thing, the reason I avoided pikemen is because there are no like, oh yeah, you just get that model because the militia work really well for the duels, but yeah, there are no real pikemen models unless you go I, for regiments right now. I will show you sometime in the future some good pikemen models. Right. Because the uh, Empire Army that we have in our gaming place have, instead of spears, they equip them with pikes. But mm. we play them as spearmen. And I'm going to take some photos of those guys later on. Right. Yeah. Also, like if you want to do a Tenetian Army, you could base them around the Empire list as well. But I just think that the Dogs of War Army has more character. And you can just do a bit more what you want. All right, on to goblins. Yes, I'm not going to go through some so many unit choices. Uh, I'm going to mention some of these uh, night goblin unit choices, as my uh, list is based mostly on night goblins. And uh, night goblins, they have uh, night goblins, lords and heroes, like uh, a warlord or a great shaman. They're not so great fighters, but the, the shaman is a good magic user. And then we have the hero versions, the big boss and the ordinary shaman. And uh, like all armies, uh, except Dogs of War, the uh, hero versions of a hero can uh, be a uh, battle standard bearer, so, uh, which is a common sight in goblin armies because they're prone to panic and run from fights. So they need this bonus. And uh, then they have the ordinary night goblins, which can be equipped with hand weapon shield, short bows, or spear and shield. They can also have a upgrade with his uh, netters, which is like something I will go with everyone in the goblin episode. Really annoying. Yeah, they are really annoying. Then uh, goblins can upgrade things with fanatics. Which is uh, high damage. Well, not not high damage output. Well, high strength damage output attacks on enemies. Well, it's like uh, D6 strength, strength 5 or 6 attacks with no armor saves. 
and they go through units, so they can slingshot through several units if they go for far enough. Then they have uh, squigs, which, uh, well, these squigs are the main fighters in a Night Goblin army, because squigs have weapons 4, strength 4, and 2 attacks each. So they, oh. like, they're good, great fighters. Their leadership is not so good, yeah. <laughs> and they need handlers, so herders is a much is a must. So, which is normal night goblins with like cymbals or instruments or squig prodders, so they can keep the squigs in check. <laughs> then there are some brave goblins who ride squigs, which are squig hoppers, which have the same stat lines as a normal squig, but if they are loose squigs. They move randomly around normally, but squig hoppers can uh, choose the direction they move in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of randomness with goblins. Yeah, lovely. Well, the list that I made is a uh, thousand points, and my thumb rule when making a goblin list is for each 10 points in a list, I need at least one goblin. So a thousand points needs 100 goblins. <laughs> Minimum. Yeah, minimum. And uh, this list is the Red Scabs Boys, which is led by the young Gitfimpa, which is my war boss. But this is the big boss version of him. So this is basically a light goblin big boss with a light armor, a shield, a talisman of protection because Mork watches over him. So we have a six up invernable, no, six up word save. That's it. And he have the madcap mushrooms which he gives to fanatics in his unit so instead of d6 hits they make two d6 hits when they are released and uh, he's kind he's kind of cheap too he's 79 points so that's good yeah leadership six yeah <laughs> and uh, with him you have his trusty advisor shaman which is a uh, he, his name is Birgit the Shroom Plucker. And uh, he's a Night Goblin level 1 shaman. No upgrades or anything. It's just a barebone shaman. And uh, as goblins are prone to flee, we need a battle standard bearer. So we have another Night Goblin big boss with a battle standard bearer and the Bad Moon Banner, which gives the unit stubborn. So hopefully we won't flee. And we will have the battle standard rule. And the, this guy is named Osgat the Banavava. Yeah, so he waves good. his banner. It's going to say in 6th edition as well, you only reroll break tests from combat, right? Yeah. 8th edition, you can reroll any leadership test. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> normally, uh, if, you, if, if you make an Orcs and Goblins army list and uh, your list only contain Goblin heroes, you can have an extra Night Goblin or Common Goblin big boss for each thousand points you play. And I didn't use this one on this list. As Night, Night Goblin big bosses are kind of kind of expensive. It's, it's 30 points. I mean, 30 points, that's like 15 Night Goblins. It's, it's way too expensive. <laughs> or they are too cheap. Nah, it's too expensive. Anyhow, uh, the 100 goblins are made out of three units. 
It's two units of 35 Night Goblins with Spear and full command. And a unit of 30 Night Goblins with Short Bows and a Musician. In these three units, I will hide a total of six Fanatics. I will not tell you in which one goes where. So somewhere you... in these three units, they will hide a total of six Fanatics. And a unit can have up to three Fanatics. Do you write that in your army list or before the battle? When, when you make the list, you need to specify where they go. And mm -hmm. in this case, I would have two in each. Okay. Otherwise, it would probably be a bit cheating to say, oh, yeah. they're in that unit yeah. Yeah. all of the time when anyone's near. Yeah. Sometimes I might, maybe I want to have three in one, two in one, and one in the short bow unit. And. Uh, and now on to the next unit, which will be a unit of squigs, along with squig herders and squig hoppers. There will be eight herders, nine squigs, and three squig hoppers. I expect these guys to flee, so the squigs will jump around aimlessly and attack anything they come in contact with, and that I can move around the three squig, squig hoppers and break havoc in enemy units as squig hoppers. They, once they come in contact with an enemy unit, they do their attacks and the enemy don't get to fight back and they bounce on. So <laughs> as long as I bounce good enough, I can bounce between two units and attack them <laughs> over and over again. But once I roll a double, the squig eats up the rider and uh, it will act as a normal squig. Normal squigs <laughs> so do good. the same thing. Except they always move randomly, so you move, move a scatter die. So, and so if you roll a double on normal squigs, they get so excited they explode. So good. But so squigs, how do they work? Like this unit, so you have eight. So herders? yeah, her eight herders, and they have to move. They they have to stand behind the squigs yeah. and squig hoppers. So so what if this unit flee? Then the herders will flee, and the squigs will bounce off everywhere mm. so can they bounce into each other and do damage they can <laughs> so um what if the the herders rally can they like join the unit again or no work? no then the herders are just normal night goblins hmm. it's crazy yeah <laughs> and right. yeah and finally i have a goblin doom diver which i'm using the forge world squig goba for so instead of instead of a big slingshot shooting goblins with wings they spit squigs and the doom diver is <laughs> d6 strength 5 no armor save hits on 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 any unit is it but yeah it's it's it's, it's like, like a, a rock lobber a stone yeah, Without a template, right? It's just yeah, like exactly. One point. It's a it's a one point, and you can alternate the. Uh, I think you can move it uh, d three or three inches from where it lands, so you have some mm. adjustments. Nice. So the list in whole is quite a semi defensive list, as uh, well. None of them are good fighters. <laughs> I hope that my squigs can fight something before they break. As they will be at least six or, well, I, I think I will field them six wide and uh, have the herders behind them. There will be a total of three, maybe four ranks. All right. 
Yeah. I, I honestly expected more units. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a thousand points. Uh, the thing here is that squigs and uh, squig hoppers and so, so on, they are kind of expensive. Yeah. And figure. Yeah. But like if they do good, then they can do a lot of damage. Oh, yeah. If you so, what what's the plan? You would like have My them in the middle, to, flank yeah. with the spearmen. Uh, either in the middle or on the refused flank side. If I go for a refused flank, so they will be as far away from my guys as possible, but but as close to the enemy as possible, so that when they break, <laughs> they will be in the way for the end. So they will be between the enemy and my guys, yeah. and. Uh, I don't so, hope I don't hope to win many combats with these lists. This is why I have the fanatics, so I can, well, make the enemy stop before they charge me. As the when the when a fanatic is released, the enemy gets to choose if they want to con continue their movement or continue their charge or halt. Mm -hmm. And if my fanatic just stands in front of my unit, they may be. Maybe they just don't want to charge me because they don't want the extra hits uh, they get from standing on a fanatic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, there won't be so much heavy magic using in the list. The I mean, a level one goblin shaman. It's it's something. It's mostly <laughs> uh, there for 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 the fun of it. He can eat mushrooms. Can can the squig unit march? Yes, they can. So they will use probably use run for. I will the... most likely throw them as far as I can towards my enemy. And then the night goblins just standing cower. They will move up towards the enemy because I want to release my fanatics as soon as possible. Oh, that's true. I want the fanatics on, well, let's say the, well, between my deployment zone and, and the enemies. And the, the, the goblins, they have bows or short bows? Short bows, so. 18 inches. Yeah. I think it's hmm. 16 in 6th edition. Oh, even even yeah, less. Even shorter. Yeah. All right. Hmm. I was thinking yeah. like how, how my cavalry would attack this list. Probably my... spinny death. Yeah. I would probably stand and shoot you with my bows. Yeah. You take morale checks. Yeah. Flee. yeah. Don't get too my... close. And uh, as goblins are poor shots, my goblin doom diver or squigoba will misfire and break, <laughs> as per usual. But it's uh, using that uh, well squig spitter thing for the doom diver makes the army theme a lot cooler. Actually, yeah, it does. As uh, the the bad thing is night goblins don't have any kind of war machine other than the squig goba in 8th edition. But I, I think it's a good countess unit for a doom diver. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It launches shit at the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A big squig spitting little squigs. Fierce <laughs> yeah, ones. It's a, it's a really cool theme. It's a yeah. really cool list. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts on uh, making this uh, army? Larger or expanded? Well, I would definitely get two more units of Night Goblins and field more fanatics as a start. So that would probably eat up three to four hundred points. And uh, if I would go for a five hundred point list, I would also 
add another big boss just for the leadership boost for one of those units. And uh, if I went for a 2000 points list, I would either throw in a unit of trolls, stone trolls to be precise, because they are the most uh, thematic trolls to use along with night goblins or a giant. I, uh, I have this really, really cool Marauder Giant from, I think it's 4th edition, Warmer Fantasy or 3rd. Yeah. I'm going to field along with him, and he looks really nice, and I can't wait to paint it up. So the small guys need some big guys eventually, so a, troll, so a bunch of trolls or a giant will be yeah. a great thing to add. I was always thought that was the cool thing about and goblins you have so many options in oh yeah this just... armor book have the most options in any book i think i think just in the lord's section you have like three six nine nine lord choices and <laughs> as many hero choices because they're like black orc big boss orc big boss savage orc big boss Orc Shaman, Savage Orc Shaman, Goblin Big Boss, Night Goblin Big Boss, Goblin Shaman, and Night Goblin Shaman. And then you had the Lord variety of these guys too. And just also use the, the size range of the army from oh, yeah. snuffling to snuffling, yeah. like swarms of them to something pump wagons to yeah. giants. Yeah. Dragons, trolls, they have everything. They have pretty much everything. And uh, this is why I also love this army. You can build pretty much any kind of theme around your army. You can have like a big, big, well, clan with every unit. You can field savage orcs along with snotlings alongside common goblins alongside forest goblins. And you can have black orcs in the midst. And if you really want it, you could add in one one or more of those kinds of special goblins that's in the annual or the chronicles. Yeah, like undead goblins with blowpipes. Or fire goblins that used to live in lava, so they're immune to fire and nothing and sp- else. And That's spit all. fire. Yeah. <laughs> I really love yeah. how they made all of that. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing army book. Yeah, classic. It's classic. Yeah. Like Middle Hammer. Yeah. So ba- basically for me, boys before toys, though. I need numbers. How about some Ruglod Armored Orcs? Oh, I would love those. I think I have some up in the attic. <laughs> I was going to make them into big guns to make them stand out more. Oh, no. <laughs> at, least the, at least these days it would be, oh, no, don't. Yeah, I think there's at least 20 of them up in the attic. But I just need to find that one box, though. Yeah, and hope they still have the crossbows, right? Yeah, the crossbows are somewhere there too, but they might be in a different box. But they would be uh, a really nice extension for a future project, I think. Yeah. For you. So, I guess I'm next. So that was a really nice discussion about uh, a greenskin army. But uh, sadly, Jimmy had to leave us, and we might record this a day later or so, but you never know, because editing. Um, The magic of editing. Yeah, we got one more list to go through today, and uh, this is actually my list, which is uh, 
quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, I heard it before we recorded this. Uh, it's cool. It's really cool like, with all the diversity between our armies. They're very different. Yeah, and it uh, also shows that uh, we have so far had a quite human-centric army with the Dogs of War. And it's quite a general army, all of it. It's nothing that really seems uh, special in some way. Even though it's a Dogs of War army, so everything can be special. It's uh, Humans are always like the, the basic standpoint in this universe, I guess. Uh, but I mean, if you want to go all the way basic, then you would look at the Empire. So the the Empire is like the basic thing. What you would expect from an army, everyone has like human stats. Dogs of War are also humans, but they're still a bit different in the way they fight. Lots of skirmishers, lots of weird equipment and ogres and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the Night Goblin list we heard, like it was yesterday. So I've been thinking like this 24 hours straight, just how would I defeat this army? And like, there's no sound strategy against the Night Goblins because it's just also random. Like, I downloaded a book and just read through the rules. They can either be like super devastating or they just randomly run off the table at any point. Behind the scenes here, uh, Niklas have been talking all day on how he will, would be able to survive fanatics with his uh, horse archers and lancers. Yeah, they're scary. Really scary. So I don't know if we went through the, the rules with them, but like they pop out when you're eight inches away and then you just go straight through forward and you just destroy you. Like D6 strength five hits with no armor saves. Devastating. And fun. <laughs> yeah. My, like my riders, they're, even though they're mounted, they're still tough as three. So you just kill them outright and two up with D6 hits. It's crazy. Yeah. And after that, you have all of the squigs. In this case, <laughs> yeah. almost literally all of the squigs, which is just lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll just gonna have to to play Jimmy to actually try out some tactics. But I mean, in the end, I don't think there are any tactics against goblins used. Maybe you should just stand there and just hope for the best. Really, if you were to bring uh, the Tsarina, you could uh, maybe tease them out and then block them with an ice wall. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that could work. But then again, yeah. The fanatics could break the ice wall. Yeah, but they don't last forever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun playing against Yumi. we got some games planned in for Christmas time. I'm going to be going back to Sweden uh, in the same area where he lives. So it's going to be a lot of fun playing against the night problems then. Yeah, I think so- uh, we all have... May have planned some kind of trip up to where Jimmy lives at that point. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So should we go through your uh, dark elf list? You mean speaking of uh, things hiding in units? Yeah, we could. And this list is a thousand point list. And it's almost particularly based on things I have painted and things that I'm currently painting and really want to paint. So it's a good start. It's probably not the ultimate list, but it is themed around... uh, the Raider list that's in, in the back of the Dark Elf book in, for a special scenario. They're, they're basically having uh, Corsairs as a 
a theme, but it is not that list because, well, for once it's limited to that scenario or a campaign containing that scenario. And secondly, it's quite limit limiting for an army that has all of the nice units to only be able to take five of the nice units. Yeah, a lot of those lists are in the back of uh, books that like require the opponent's permission. Like a lot of them are just mm -hmm. okay. You want this team, so you can only take five units. It was like the same with night goblins when I looked at that list. Like, yeah, you can only take night goblin characters. You can only take night goblins. And then the only like benefit you get is that you can take trolls as special instead of rare. It's like this tiny bonus to only be able to take like five mm -hmm. units out of thirty in the book. It's crazy. Yeah. And in the the case of the dark elf rating list, it's basically. Yeah, we just moved the, the bolt throwers from rare to special slot. Yeah. And that's it. I no think other like, benefits. The only thing, like the only one I, think I can think of that's just like really good is the known artillery train. Or maybe some of the dwarves from the sixth. Yeah, the Slayer one is cool. I don't know how good it would be, but it's definitely cool. Yeah, but they also have the the guild expedition one that brings uh, the, most of the artillery to uh, core units. Mm. All right, stand corrected then. But a lot of those are just like very themey, very cool. But you might as well just run the regular army list yeah. and maybe take some other stuff if you want to. <clears throat> Which is pretty pretty much what I'm doing here because it's gonna have the feel and theme of the raiding force, but not be limited by the raiding force. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna start off with uh, my hero choices, and that's uh, gonna have a noble with uh, a sea dragon cloak and heavy armor, and it's gonna have an additional hand weapon. And just to spice it up a bit, it's gonna have the blade of spite, and this is a is a magic weapon that's in the Storm of Chaos book and it basically mm -hmm. auto wounds on a 5 and 6 I think it is cool uh, what's the sea dragon book? it's uh, well it's uh, in close combat it's plus 1 and in at range it's plus 2 I think mm, that's awesome so it's kind of like just in full plate uh, in close combat and Full plate shield. Yeah. He's the captain of the raiding party, so he should have fancier armor, I think. Plus, nice. the sea dragon cloak makes him better uh, and makes him look the part when it comes to just being in a force full of corsairs, I think. Nice. Uh, he's, how many points is he? Uh, he's 109. Uh, that's not bad at all. He was a lot more before I tooled down this list for uh, a thousand points. There's also right. a version of him riding a chariot, so that's a lot more expensive. So, my second hero choice is uh, just a bare-bones assassin. He's got no upgrades or anything, because when you're playing 1,000 points, you really have to prioritize. It's still a weapon skill 9 <laughs> and several attacks, and just... Uh, well, I'm going to hide in this unit, and you got cl too close, and then I'm just going to jump around and stab you in the eye. So, Yeah, I think Assassins, they're still very good without any upgrades. 
yeah, and uh, with upgrades you can make them ridiculous, but they are really easy to kill given that they have no armor. Yeah. Uh, my first core unit is a solid block of 15 Corsairs with full command. And this is backed up with uh, a second unit of Corsairs, but 14 strong. This is where the Noble goes, and it's also with full command. Right. So what are these guys armed with? They have uh, two hand weapons, uh, light armor, and sea dragon cloaks. Awesome. So, kind of heavy armor in close combat and like heavy armor shield against shooting. Four of sight. It's really yeah. nice. And uh, not having the side effect of having to carry the shield as well. So, yeah. Plus, so, plus these are all the sixth edition models, so they will look really, really cool on the table. Nice. So, are they. What's their weapons skill? Weapons skill four, I presume. Yeah, they are, and gonna do a lot of damage. Uh, we do. They are. They are. So I assume you're gonna walk around with these like uh, ranks of five, like three ranks. Yeah, they will be ranked at five. That's why the second unit is only fourteen uh, members, so they rank up properly. They could have been sixteen as well, but then I, with with the noble that is, but uh, I might have have needed about. 10 points for the assassin in the end. <laughs> and the assassin will be in uh, one of the infantry units because there's no reason to have him running around without armor on his own. Yeah. And uh, to back uh, these up, there's a block of six dark riders with uh, crossbows or a crossbow, no command or anything. They are just uh, going ride to ride around in a Long line and just torment people with uh, crossbow arrows. Mm, no champion in that unit. No. Doesn't he have ability skill five? I thought that would be like, really good for these guys. Yeah, he, he has, but I really needed to save in some points because in in a, a fifteen hundred point list, those are the upgrades that will be there. Yeah. And these, I'm gonna treat these as uh, just a flanking unit. So yeah. hopefully. They will still be. You could always uh, take away the champions from the Corsair units, stick it in there. But nah. I mean, this is also it's trial lists. So I think like all of our lists will change a lot when we actually put them on the table. Yeah. I must say that I've used Dark Riders a lot of the times and I've never really had a use for a champion. But if there's points, I might try it out. Yeah. And then. I have a unit of five shades with a blood shade, which is the unit champion. And uh, there will be... Because I f figured that in a raiding army, there really should be some scouting elements. And that's the Dark Riders, yeah. and that's the shades. Yeah, and they're really cool units. So the, the mm -hmm. Dark Riders, also, they're, uh, they're fast cab. They yeah. have the, the repeater crossbows and spears. Light armor, right? Mm -hmm. And the shades uh, have no armor unless you equip them with extra armor, but they don't have armor in this case, so they will be really easy to kill. Yeah. They're skirmishers, though. So yeah, they're both, both scouts and skirmishers. Do they have any any other bonus to their sneakiness? No. Or it's just right? No. They have no magic or anything like that to make them more sneaky. It's easy to hide him behind terrain in 6th edition, no? Since it blocks line of sight. Yeah. Or just 
keep them behind another unit or something. Yeah, and it's always nice to have those uh, repeating crossbows to just uh, sneak up and fire at units when when they start to. Well, both when they are approaching and when they're getting really close, or maybe f just uh, whittling them down. I think. Yeah. Just removing ranks or yeah. making stuff break or shooting at war machines. I think it's, it's easier to, sh to kill war machines in this edition as well, since the hits are randomized and you can actually hit the mm -hmm. crews instead of just hitting the machine at toughness seven. Yeah, they this they just don't in this edition they just don't dive behind the cannon or stone thrower and just hide. Yeah. And to top it off, there's this uh, little unit of uh, two Reaper bolt throwers. Yeah, this is scary. They will be situational. Can you choose fire mode on these, like the Hiles? Yeah, the Reaper bolt thrower is a war machine, and all the rules governing war machines apply. Either shoot a single bolt, or they fi may fire multiple shots. So the single bolt is uh, as per the standard bolt rule from the main rule book. And uh, if using the multiple shots option, then the Reaper Bolt Thrower shoots six bolts in each shooting phase. These shots are worked out exactly like the shots from rows or crossbows using the ballistic skill of the crew to determine whether the bolts hit or not. All bolts must be directed towards a single target. Multiple shots have a range of 48, a strength of four, with armor safe suffering a minus two penalty. That's harsh. So minus three uh, in total, right? And uh, how much does that matter if I were to fire at your guys? Minus three, like on my Lancers. It will be a six-up save then. Yeah, and uh, all of the others that don't have any armor. Yeah, they'll <laughs> <laughs> just die. Yeah. Uh, so the, the regular bolt is strength six and not seven, as I thought. Also range 48. Uh, and then it's uh, minus one strength per, per rank. But then the bolt can also be stopped. Like if you don't kill the first guy, then it just stops. Yeah. Uh, no armor saves allowed on this one. So. so that's basically when you see in the movies when someone blocks uh, a giant bolt with uh, their shield and just keeps on running. <laughs> Maybe just rake the, off the shield with uh, the, their swords, just clear off all of the arrows and just, yeah. I had such a good moment with this when I was playing Bretonia back in the day. Uh, and I had just my block of knights charging forward, uh, an elf bolt shot him, killed the first guy, killed the second guy, killed the third guy. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, wait. I forgot I had Blessing of the Lady. And then I rolled on the first <laughs> guy, a six, and he stopped the bolt in his track. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really scared about those bolt throwers. Because they deal a lot of damage. Like 12 bolts. What was strength? Strength four, right? Mm, yeah. And range 48. That's insane. He's shoot all over the board. Yeah, but uh, imagine this. There are still a bit... Uh, you still have to hit, so to speak. And uh, having like, like a sorceress or something could actually potentially be a lot worse. Yeah. If nothing for the th theme, because that's the main reason there's Reaper Bolters. There is the ship will probably arrive and set to plunder a little village or something. And uh, what are the ship armed with? Giant Boltrovers. So. <laughs> yeah, they're really cool. They're a very iconic unit for the, mm -hmm. the Dark House. 
Uh, yeah, I really like your force. Uh, it's symmetrical. And I got OCD while I'm building army lists, so I always have to have symmetrical armies. <laughs> if I put them in front of me, I have to like put two units next to each other. And then next to those guys, they have two matching units, which you have. You have like the two Corsair units in the middle. Then you have like two uh, mobile units with repeater bolt throwers, uh, or crossbows, repeating crossbows. And then you have the two bolt throwers. It's perfect. Mm. And the best part is that I own all the models as well, which is always a good thing. Yeah, great. So, so what of this have you got painted already? Uh, the Corsairs are painted, the Dark Riders are painted, and the Shades are painted. Great. It's just the both of us and characters left them. Yeah, and I think I have like four painted uh, Assassins as well. Because I might have bought one of each when it were <laughs> released back in 6th edition. Nice. Yeah, it's a really cool army. Uh, like, you got a solid core. Like, you would think that elves are not very durable, but th those sea dragon folks are really good against shooting, and they're really fast. They got movement five, so you can march across the board very easily, get them to where they need to be. And then you have the two like harassing units that kind of forces the enemy to tackle them instead of your main guys. Uh, and then, yeah, you have the freaking repeating bolt throwers that we use devastate units. And of course the assassin. You, you say, can, can assassin uh, go with the shades as well? Any assassin in your army may start the game hitting one of the following units. Because that's that's a nice little printed and glued in square here now. Uh, <laughs> witch elves, warriors, corsairs, executioners or blackguard. Mm. Or he may deploy as a scout. But deploying him as a scout as we said, he would probably get killed off just walking around. So only in blocks, pretty much. Yeah, but that's uh, that makes sense, given that he's hiding as, as one of many. Yeah, definitely. And then yeah, really cool. Mm. It would also be a really cool army to play. Yeah, and it's not overly hard to upgrade if you want to make it larger, either just adding units or changing out the characters and stuff like that. Yeah. So what would you add, personally? Like, What do you think you're missing that you think you should add to the army? Well, maybe... Well, it's either like line units, like spearmen or crossbowmen, or maybe executioners, because I really like the executioners. Yeah, they're really cool models. Yeah. They have a tendency to lose their weapons, though, in the six-head metal sculpts. And maybe just add, uh, like, a mount of some kind for the noble. Maybe a cold one chariot or something like that, even though it's stupid. Literally stupid. Uh, it's still a really nice model, and uh, when it works, it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. And it can carry really repeating crossbows if you really want to shoot some something extra. Yeah, Dark Elves have a lot of versatility in their army as well. Can have cool monsters as well. Cool one knights are really nice. Mm -hmm. Maybe if uh, if I could just get my hands on one of them, maybe have a Hydra as well. Because in yeah. the, the 2002 annual, I think it is, that one, uh, they have the upgrade rules for all of the Hydras. 
So you can even theme the Hydra if you want to. Nice. Yeah. We cool with some sea monster if you're gonna yeah. visit around coursers. Yeah, exactly. And the Hydra will know what happens if it doesn't perform well, given that all of them are wearing cloaks made of sea, sea monsters. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, should we just move on and round this one up then? Yeah, so been some good discussions about army lists. Uh, I really like talking about army lists because <laughs> you just imagine your forces fighting it out and like, what would you do against that? How would I deploy my units? Very nice. And also just to see the diversity in the different armies because even if you guys are talking about your armies and then you see like one painted unit or something, but when you talk about the entire army, you really see how different they are and how they're going to work mm -hmm. in the battlefield. And as we've said, I think all of these, even the, since, since we haven't had Jens or Krell on this, but they are going to, we're going to try to get them to record their list as well. All of these armies are just the starting point because, well, at least Niklas got uh, plans on how he's going to expand it up to 2K. And I think we all, all of us, are working on that at least. Yeah, can only go forwards with your army. Uh, and thousand point people might think that thousand points is a bit low, but we've been talking about it. I think thousand points. We used to play that back when we played sixth edition, and you seem yep. to play that. It seems like you can get like a lot of good games from this because you had. Uh, yeah, like seven units in your army. And I think mm, yeah. or six if you're kinda of repeating both or versus one. Yeah, they are they are one rare choice because there's only one rare choice allowed. Yeah. And I have also six units in my army and a character. I think we can get all we can get a really good game out of that. But of course bigger battles are always cooler. Uh, but I also kinda like the small scale games like the event that i'm going to is going to be 1500 and that's not yeah. that much more i'm going to add uh, for my kiss of guys i'm just going to add like three units so yeah yeah i think it's going to be a lot of fun to play thousands as well yeah and i know that i could add like a unit of spearmen a sorceress and a cold one chariot and i'm up to 15 points basically yeah uh, but in the end, I bet we're all going to play like 5,000 points now, but <laughs> like we're all, we're, we're all, it doesn't really matter what, like what you think you're going to come up you, you used to keep expanding it. So yeah, as you said, I got enough stuff for 2,000 and probably I'm going to do more than that uh, with the Darks of War stuff that I'm building as well and combine those two, mm -hmm. never know. Uh, but a thousand points is a nice starting point, uh, especially in sixth edition, because it feels like yeah you can get a good game of it, out of it. In eighth edition, like with my Chaos Horse, I didn't even think of building a thousand points because I don't really think you get like the best experience out of that edition with only a thousand points. I think like the game starts getting good at two thousand points and more. 
So for those guys, I've been building towards 2,000 points. But then again, it's the troops are cost less, but then you get more characters to fill. All right. Mm. Yeah, that's it for the army list, I would say. We're just going to move into some nice shout outs and uh, tell you what's in the next episode. Yeah. So, shout outs. I posted a picture of my kisser today. Just want to say thank you for all the, the kind words I've received. It's been really nice. Keeps me motivated uh, to paint up the next unit. And uh, we got some people writing to us uh, regarding our latest episode. And shout out to the people who should write to us and if they have any blogs or anything. So mm-hmm. this guy wrote to us. Uh, one of our biggest fans, I think. I can't, I don't really know how to pronounce his name. That's like the worst part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's always a hard thing. But on the other hand, if you pronounce it wrong, they can correct us and we will sort it from there. Yeah. So like we, we all agreed we just pronounce it as sweets. Uh, Renia. <laughs> well, it is correct in our language. Exactly. So he wrote in. He's been writing in before. This is great. Uh, it's really nice to make this podcast and having people write in and saying how much they like it. And he wrote it in and shared his blog. So we can share that on our page when we release this episode. Uh, yeah, but if it, we... might even, it might even be in the show notes when you listen to this. Yeah. But if we forget, it's uh, com. I think. Yep. So go in there and check out his blog. I don't really go much into blogs usually because I think I have just most of my hobby feed on Instagram. So you should follow us on Instagram as well because that's where we post all of our hobby progress because it's just, mm-hmm. just easier. Yeah, but if you're doing like... Uh hobby write-ups and tutorials and stuff. Still think a blog is the best forum for it. This is true. Because he can put pages on there and write a lot of stuff. And that's nice. That's like the problem with Instagram. You can't really write stuff. This is the same same when uh, Jimmy posted his battle report. And I was thinking, well, can we post this on Instagram? Can't really. Because you can't really accompany the pictures with images as easily as on Facebook as well. I just have so, to basically do a batch post with text underneath that no one will read and which is really hard to format because you have to write it with uh, your phone keyboard basically so check out imreleon.com check out his blog he's doing a lot of fantasy stuff he's posting on the facebook page as well the wormer fantasy battles our next episode will be a green skin focus episode and it will follow the kisler focus in format yeah jimmy follows my format then it's incoherent ramblings yeah, and uh, talk about uh, 16th century Poland and Hungary and Ukraine. <laughs> uh, the episode after that will be in another book club, and then that's Gracier. We're also going to do a hobby episode at one, and we would like you to write questions into us, ask about general hobby advice, if uh, there's a specific hobby advice, or more fantasy hobby advice, just whatever you want. Yeah, maybe I would like some specific questions. We had someone write in, been painting a lot of power armor, and he was just asking how we transferred our techniques from painting future stuff to painting fantasy stuff. And it is a big difference because there's a lot more like organic materials mm-hmm. and it's just painted differently, use different colors. Yeah. Uh, so any questions you have regarding just painting fantasy stuff? 
or yeah. modeling, build, building terrain or... Basing techniques are one, if you have any question about basing techniques, because we have all made a lot of round bases lately, in the podcast at least, and going over to the square bases have been a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. Do you have any basing questions? Just ask Christopher here, because he's a basing god. Check out his blog as well on Instagram. You do a lot of bases. Yeah, usually I do a lot of bases and halfway finish a miniature. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of snow bases now as well. So if you have any questions how I did those, then you can write in. Or I'll just tell it. I think I'm just going to tell it anyway. If, as we say, write in if you have any questions, because we will be delighted to answer them. And if you have any other questions that are not hobby related, then feel free to send in those as well. Just write us on our Facebook page and we'll reply or we'll shout it out on the episode. Or if you feel like it, we also have the email and you can send a message on Instagram as well. All right. I think that covers this episode. Let's see you all in the next episode. Goodbye. Time have ended and the realm of elves, dwarf and man shattered. But in our hearts, the old world lives.